everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Anne's Annotations. Um, I hope you're doing well, and um, in today's episode, I would like to talk about three characters. Hamlet, from Hamlet by Shakespeare, Raskolnikov, from Crime and Punishment, and Light Yagami, from Death Note. And the central theme of this episode is the idea of revenge and avenge, and the so-called utilitarian murder. So what is in common about these three characters? Well, it is the idea that they all believe in the idea of killing for the better good. Hamlet believes that it is his duty and fate to avenge his father by killing his uncle Claudius and also to, you know, make things right because Claudius is portrayed as the one who starts, who created this disorder in the kingdom of Elsinore. Um, Raskolnikov, he believes that he was doing a, the world a favor by killing a hated pawnbroker. And he believes that if he is a superman or extraordinary man, he would have the right to kill people without feeling guilty. And Light actually believes quite similarly to Raskolnikov in that he thinks he's curing the world by killing all the bad people that, and that he has the right and power to do so. In this podcast episode, I would like to go into how these three pieces of work explore the idea of this utilitarian murder. Is it justified or... Um, does the author condemn this line of thinking? What does it suggest about the often and traditional view of revenge, and more specifically, avenge as a just and justifiable means to kill someone? And it brings also into the question of retribution and the idea of capital punishment. Now, as you can see, Light and Raskolnikov are quite closely related, and actually the manga and the subsequent anime was inspired by Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. But I think Hamlet also delivers an interesting interpretation of this idea and corroborates with the other ones as well. So the first topic I would like to talk about is that all three of them believe that they were fated to kill someone. Hamlet, he is ordered by a ghost who is strongly believed to be Hamlet's father to avenge his, quote, most unnatural death. Raskolnikov, he believes in, quote, superstitions that led him to believe that on his walk, the fact that he coincidentally encounters the pawnbroker's sister to learn that the lady will be alone at seven in the evening and that he could find an axe in the right place, believes that it it was therefore fate that he had to kill the pawnbroker. And Light, he stumbled upon the death note which was dropped into the world by a very bored Shinigami named Ryuk and thinks that he has been chosen to do this. Um, that he has been handed the power to judge over um, other people on the behalf of God. Although Hamlet doesn't have to live with the consequences of killing Claudius, he did briefly live with his hand dirtied with the death of Polonius, and again he believes that in a way it was meant to be, 
Yet he admittedly uh, is the least evil, you could say, of the three characters we are discussing today. He actually postpones it and expresses doubt over the benefit of revenge. Although the only thing that would undermine this would be his attitude towards Polonius. By the end of Act 1, Hamlet is visited by the ghost who demands him to take revenge. Many compares him to Orestes, who was ordered by the oracle to avenge his father by killing. In the Greek mythology, this goes to underline a sense of destiny and divine obligation, and that his failure to do so is to Hamlet proves himself to be uh, has proven proven sorry himself to be a coward. In his Hecuba soliloquy. He calls himself a pigeon-livered, which um, was an Elizabethan term to be cow- for coward. And yet, when it seems as though he's about to spring into action, he describes it using a more apocalyptic lexicon of hell breathing and um, opening and breathes, quote, contagion to this world which implies that he doubts his justification of his revenge and i think he has quite he's quite right because even in the the mythological story of orestes he's also you know doesn't live a happily ever after after he um avenged his father he was chased by the furies for you know and who torments him and so actually, by the, f- the fact that Hamlet acknowledges it, perhaps for the, a 21st century reader, um, we might see as, it as a good thing. The fact that he, it, it isn't, he hasn't failed if he never achieved his ev- revenge. Now perhaps during the Elizabethan time, when chivalry may be quite important, revenge and retribution especially with you know uh, god um christianity sorry and catholicism um they might interpret it differently anyway on the contrary to hamlet both raskolnikov and light yagami they took the action and went through it although again not all to the same degree and actually you could say that there is sort of a gradation from hamlet to raskolnikov to light so Hamlet never actually does what he um, said he would. Never really kills um, Claudius, at least. He only kills it at the end, quite haphazardly. And then he shortly dies after. Whereas Raskolnikov does do the deed, but it is the only time he does so. Whereas Light, he quite soon becomes the most prolific serial killer and really believes that he is God. And also in terms of um, guilt and remorse, well, Hamlet never really gone there yet since he hasn't really done the actual revenge. And he dies shortly after, so he... Well, yeah. Whereas Raskolnikov, he does try to repent, at least only seems to truly uh, feel ready to repent at the end of the story and whereas light while well, he completely just thinks he's God until his last breath so focusing on Raskolnikov there is a sort of sequence of events that accumulates 
and eventually leads him to do the thing, quote unquote, as he puts it. First, it is the general extreme poverty. He hasn't eaten for days and hasn't paying his rent, although he later admits that it was something he did deliberately. But I do think that, you know, sure, he deliberately not seek work or anything, but that doesn't exactly mean that his, his poverty didn't play anything into it. Um, because, you know, poverty does make you... Um, live for life's sake in a way to live for for living sake whereas maybe him he tries to seek something beyond that you know something maybe the bourgeois or middle class people would have more time for i think he i think he's also quite um fascinated and drawn to the idea of of revolution of you know the heroes and he thinks uh, he should be one of it, really. So, and that poverty sort of uh, is a setback. Anyway, and as in, like, if he he had money, I think he would have reacted a bit differently, or maybe not actually. Anyway, and then he meets Marveladov, whose self-pitying story about his family and about his daughter who has gone into prostitution in order to help. And it is this daughter of Marvlandov, um, Sonia, is with who Raskolnikov identifies with, since she also crossed the boundary, and perhaps that pushes him to kill because he perhaps thinks and knows that at least there there'll be someone already on the other side who could accompany him. Then it was his mother's letter. And her, it is her devotion to Raskolnikov that, I guess, pushes him even further and makes him angrier. Yet, also reinforces his idea of him being one of the extraordinary men who can justifyingly kill. Then, as I've mentioned before, he, it was his long walk where he coincidentally eavesdropped into a conversation that um, let him know that the lady would be alone that night. All of this slowly builds his own confidence in doing the thing. And so it creates a sense of very... Um, his killing isn't as he thinks it is. Like, he sure he has a principle that he follows, but it, it isn't very calculated. Um, it's sort of last-minute thing as well, and which is, like, which is a bit like Hamlet. His killing of Claudia was like last minute, just before he dies. Um, and there's a sense of maybe the killing... Can killing... Well, at least for these characters, that killing is, isn't something methodical. It's very much um, something quite irrational in a way, since they, do, they did it quite compulsively. Impulsively, sorry. Um, so anyway, what governs... His actions mainly uh, for Raskolnikov is his nihilistic view of justice. He believes that there are two categories of people, those who by nature follows the rules and those who are, as he calls them, Napoleons, quote, has the right that is not an official right, but 
an inner right to decide in his own conscience to overstep certain obstacles, and only in case it is essential for the practical fulfillment of his idea. Now, actually, this statement sort of suggests an egotistical side to this. So, actually, it isn't exactly for the benefit of everyone. It is more for the benefit of the person themselves, and the utilitarian aspect of it is just sort of a byproduct in a way, which contradicts a bit of his initial justification. And his self-obsession personality makes him think he belongs to the latter category. Thus, he often justifies his killing as a necessity. And that, with everything happening up to the moment, points to the fact that he has to kill. He has the right to kill. So again, it, there's this notion of fate, destiny. You know, he he has to. It's it's already laid out in a way. And I think I think I'm gonna go actually go into this a bit later. So anyway, moving on to Light Yagami. He also, like Raskolnikov, is quite arrogant and smart, and handsome, and he knows it. One day, he stumbles upon a book called Death Note, and after fiddling around with it and finding out that that it actually works and it's just it's not a scam, although he is slightly taken aback at first, he quickly moves on and rationalizes as being fate. Again, he has been the chosen one. And like the other two, they are guided by the sense that the person they are killing is the card of the decay, quote unquote, to borrow Hamlet's vocabulary, in the community in which they are living in. Thus, a lot of the world would be better off without people like them mentality. They all sort of like Hamlet, as Hamlet puts it, was born to set it right, quote. Although we quickly find out that he is not the chosen one. But it is his own self-importance and arrogance that makes him think that. That makes, yeah, is what makes him think that, like that. And a bit like Raskolnikov, who ra- rationalizes the events as some sort of prediction and sign that he has to kill, although it could be, and it is sort of all in his head. Even with Hamlet, who is also suspicious that the ghost quote may be the devil. And doesn't know if he is really bound by fate to kill, or has he made it all up for himself? All this seems to point to the fact that all of these fate may well be just in their heads, and as a mean to、um, justify their transgression of human law, which I think implies perhaps revenge killing or utilitarian killings are really quite hard to justify. Since who gives them the right, and also, as in, they're not exactly a long-term solution, and sometimes, by killing, you become the person you you killed.、Um, again, and often they use justification for from a higher order, only to comfort themselves, as in a way, they would never be able to admit. That they killed for no good or virtuous reason. Only Raskolnikov admits that at the end, which would pave way for his arc of redemption after the novel ends. Also, I'm pointing this out、um, as a side note 
that they also they all also internalize everything. Most of their thoughts they keep them for themselves. Thus, they never really engage in any serious dialogue about their plan or their murder, which means that they often don't change, or that they create more doubts for themselves. And actually, it actually makes me think of a lot of the white supremacists. They surround themselves, as in like, you know, those uh, those school shootings and stuff. These people. They live in seclusion. They internalize everything. They don't talk to people. They're quite antisocial, and the only and you know they and when they they don't even try to listen to other people. They only seek out what echoes their own thinking. And I think it points to the fact that you know internalizing your thoughts and only keeping it to yourself and instead of actively engage in dialogue can be very seriously dangerous anyway um now i would like to talk about the good and evil of utilitarian killings um with the question of like is it justified how just it is is it justice with these killings it brings us to the idea of the duality of utilitarian killings because as we see it's almost they all they all suffer some sort of dilemma well except for light a dilemma between is it good is it not good and in all of these three work works it is always associated this duality of utilitarian killings to god and the devil um, Hamlet's encounter with the ghost at the end of Act 1 suggests already a sinister connotation about the ghost. The ghost himself proclaims that he is, quote, doomed to walk the earth for the crimes of his days. Yet, in many of the interpretations on stage, the appearance of the ghost is often portrayed as gallant and almost divine, and often a sort of a white halo around him, or a faint misty light yet actually i think these interpretation are more of the more traditional older i think the more recent one they also accompany um there's also quite a grim music that accompanies this scene which i think would try to imply a sinister connotation anyway similarly raskolnikov when defending his action says that quote he murdered Myself, not her. I crushed myself for all, forever. But it was the devil that killed that old woman, not I. Although he doesn't necessarily his god or that he really killed for the sake of humanity, only that his actions were justified. And since justice is often associated with God, it brings out the, that duality again. And again, for 19th century um, society with people like Raskolnikov, you know, it's the human, the man, the individual that replaces God. Likewise, Light got his power quite literally from a Shinigami, who is a death god, a demon-like creature, yet he sees himself as delivering judgment on God's behalf. Although I don't think he actually, again, they're not Christian, except for Hamlet, perhaps. Um... But I guess the God thing is more here as just a symbol of justice and goodness, really. Thus, it shows a sort of constant duality 
with these utilitarian murders. On the one hand, it is somewhat justified, and people are first quite glad of it, as we see in Death Note. Yet at the same time, it carries with it a rather sinister and corruptive power. This suggests that utilitarian killings or revenge is really not a good solution to anything. Its outcome, if there's any, is only temporary. Unlike Raskolnikov, the person they really killed is themselves through this process. Although logically, one can justify or some kind of uh, justify revenge or other kind of utilitarian killings, but the actual experience of it is much more complicated. Anyway, this sort of Machiavellian, uh, the end justifies the mean, through these examples, is deemed to be the, quite the wrong way, and you know, the actual experience of it is much more complicated, unlike what the theory might indicate. And again, with when Machiavellian wrote his, you know, The Prince, his society is much different from the 19th century and the 21st century. So... Yeah, it just could be that it's not very as applicable as before. Also, side notes. Although Hamlet never kills exactly until the end, he is quite responsible for other people's death. His means of discovering the truth was to put on an antic disposition, a, quote, crafty madness. Yet it is this exact mean of his that torments everyone around him and thus pain. And does it pave way to anything great? No. Perhaps, like how Raskolnikov defends his paranoia and guilt, um, was that he never really gone all the way, and therefore people's suffering and pain and all the misery is sort of the byproduct of them not succeeding, not because the actual killing itself is not good. And which, in a way, is good that they never went the full way, since we can see what would happen if one goes all the way with this theory, theory as seen with Light Yagami and Man is He Creepy. So, another thing here is about theories versus actions. So, as I've briefly mentioned, the idea of utilitarian killings, in theory, is often much different from your real experience as explored and demonstrated in through these characters. Unlike Hamlet, whose test was to put up a play, Raskolnikov's test is the actual killing itself. Perhaps this could be explained by the different circumstances of the two. One is a prince and has the luxury of time, while the other is crushed, quote, crushed by poverty and is always too busy. It does reflect a bit of the change from the Renaissance royalty to the 19th century urban hecticness. But it is only Hamlet out of the three of them who truly seems to doubt the justification of his killing. And as I've mentioned, only does so quite haphazardly as he dies. While Raskolnikov remains rather stubbornly loyal to the theory only up to the very end, where he began to change, and the ending implying a new beginning of redemption. And also, it also reflects the intellectual climate of the time. Like Hamlet, he is a sort of thinking intellectual man, 
Wellerskarnikov is more of the 19th century intellectual man of action. While Hamlet tries to find the truth through imitations and performances, Raskolnikov finds the truth through experience and actions. And I think it is reflective of lots of the literary movement, you know, from um, quite sophisticated, controlled language about abstract ideas to um, a lot more you know, romanticism, myth, and then you go to realism, and and they get modernism, which focuses a lot on the actual experience itself, and actions. Anyway, similarly, Light's experiment is also the action itself as well, but unlike Raskarnikov, he did several tests before coming to his conclusion. So... Unlike Raskolnikov, who kills once and he's like, that's it. Light is like, oh, what if, but what if I need to kill another person to see? Um, and also because I think Light's method of killing, which is to write someone's name, helps, I guess, him to distance himself from his victims, make, which could make it easier for him to kill people, really. Whereas Raskolnikov, well, he physically and directly killed someone so perhaps that explains his quite his guilt and and paranoia afterwards you know perhaps if if light ever killed someone directly as raskolnikov did he might have reacted differently who knows and actually this sort of scientific approach to research makes his sequence of events in death note somewhat quite terrifying and also, all of these differences reflect the political climate of urgency. With Hamlet and in the Elizabethan time, it seems to me that there was no sense of urgency. Not that, not that it was completely you know, in peace, but that internally things were pretty good and stable. Whereas in the 19th century Russia, and specifically towards the end of the century, closing on at the turn of the century with crime and punishment, it has more of a volatile climate with the wars and revolutions, etc. Things felt more urgent. Thus, now experiment and actions are more intertwined. And even more so with the more bleak and urban corruption uh, of the landscape of the 20 to 21st century with Death Note. Also, the age difference. In Crime and Punishment, Porfiry, the police, I think, says that it is, quote, the youth nature of Raskolnikov, who is only 23, that has made him quite irritable and frenzy and hectic, that drove him to commit this murder, which was considered to be done in the moment of madness. Similarly, Light is also, like, what, 17, 18 at the beginning of the series, and he died at the age of 20, slash 23, whereas Hamlet is actually in his 30s. This, in a way, creates some, reinforces that sort of image of, you know, older but more methodical person versus the more revolutionary but impulsive youth. Anyway, in conclusion, so, does these play, novel, and anime condemn the utilitarian approach to killing? The simple answer for, 
is yes. They are often portrayed as not being so different from the quote bad people or person they killed or plan to kill. But I think there's equally a lot of literary work out there that supports it or that at least doesn't really condemn it. You know, especially the epics, the old epics. Um, there are many heroes who did murder other people and they are often portrayed as being just and that they are bringing the world to a better place. But I guess the question is, where to draw the boundary? Especially in the 21st century morality, any killings, even justified killings, and I'm going to exclude self-defense, are seen as a are seen with a skeptical eye. Can one really justify killings? And what are the consequences? For Raskolnikov, it is that he loses himself, his humanity. It is what cuts him from everyone. He annihilates himself in the process, and he becomes paranoid and quite madly mad, really. So did Hamlet at the end. Is he still performing or is he actually driven mad and light well he becomes an absolute lunatic really and like the russian title of crime and punishment which is roughly translated as stepping across thus it is about the consequences of crossing the boundaries i mean all of us have quite dark thoughts at the time but the question is are you willing to step across should you step across well, these books would say no, and that it will be more destructive than actually helpful. For example, Hamlet, even just trying to step over the boundary, leads Denmark to be taken over and invaded by fortune bros from Norway. But I think it is also the result of the society in which we live in. There are many times that people pour out their hate for someone, which leads to some certain people to think that it is okay to kill them. Imagine someone who nearly everyone hates, um, <clears throat> like Trump, is assassinated. I wouldn't be surprised that some people will be actually be glad, but wouldn't that be more horrifying? You know, if vigilante killings is justifiable, wouldn't that somehow be even more terrifying? Imagine a world where just because you're disliked by a community or that you sh you don't share some of their values that you are killed. On the one part, it is them indeed. They, they're the one who consciously took the decision. But in a way, are we complicit in their actions? You know, our attitudes to people and our quite polemic attitudes volatile attitudes encourage these people that since everyone hates that person might as well kill them you know and yeah and it's an interesting question i think and um are your thoughts those those are my thoughts but what do you guys think um do you agree disagree you know what do you think? Do you think that village vigilante killings are justifiable? Revenge? Are they justifiable? Should revenge be sh justifiable? Um, 
And yeah, what do you guys think? And thank you very much for listening. And I will see you in two weeks' time on a Friday, which is the 19th of June. See ya. Bye.